You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 80 with Julie Winterbourne. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Oh my gosh. This is one of my most favorite episodes that I've ever recorded of the podcast. And I know I say that for most of the episodes, but I am just so grateful to have so many incredible people in my life that I can call upon to share their wisdom and their knowledge and themselves with us. Because I know that if you are here and listening to this show, you are a deep, introspective uh, woman, or at least mostly women. Um, my audience is like 95% women. And, um, you know, so many of the things that we go through in life just overlap in different areas. So it doesn't matter if your struggle is with food, if it's with low self-worth, if you've gone through something, if you lost all your money, like, We all go through pain and we all go through trauma. We go through a lot of shit, right? And I am so grateful for Julie because she came on the show and just really shared her story um, so courageously. I had never, it was the first time that I was hearing some of the things that, that she shared, but I just felt so connected and so great after we recorded this episode. Um, there's a moment where she corrects me and you'll notice in the show that I have like a mind blown emoji moment, um, where I was talking about discipline and structure and how I need them in my life. And she's like, I'm going to reframe this for you. And she's reframed it as self-dedication. And that was so powerful because how different are those energies? Like self-dedication is just so much more loving and it's just like I'm going to show up for myself today. So she teaches a lot on ritual, feeling connected to yourself, getting back into your body, um, like that funk that happens. I I love that, that analogy too, which she talks about is like just going like some of us are just sometimes have so many racing thoughts and getting back into the presence of the body is so powerful. Um, So she does this with her clients. She also does intuitive painting, which is just so amazing, such an amazing thing. And she has an online six-week program that you can work with her with. She also has a paint and sip studio um, in Northern California in Oakland. And then she has an in-person six-week program that she does with women through intuitive painting. So she helps people heal 
uh, different things. And she just is really doing amazing work. I feel like she is just going to blow up with all of the incredible things that she does. And so unique because not many people do this. Uh, She's the first person that I hear that do this, but she has so much insight. And when you meet her in person, she's just, you can tell that she is just connected to herself and uh, somebody who has done a lot of work. And I want to let you know that if you're out there and that if you have gone through something or you are going through something, you're just like in the mud and not feeling like you can get out, know that you have the power to one day allow yourself to heal. And sometimes we just need to hear that. And because it can feel really hopeless when we're in that place, right? I mean, I've told my story so many times. I've had so many of those moments. Um, And I think sometimes like we just have to feel like shit for a long time. I mean, not everybody has to do this, but sometimes we just kind of have to feel like we can't take it anymore in order to get on the path of healing, which is not easy. So if you are on a path of healing, which again, if you're listening to this podcast, I would infer that you might be, or you have gone through something because this podcast attracts so many, you know, spiritual, deep women. And I'm going to stop talking right now because I just want to get into the episode, but definitely let Julie know and me know if you enjoyed the episode. And I can't wait to talk to you all again next week. Thank you so much for being here today with me, Julie. Of course. I'm excited. I'm excited too. And I just am so fascinated with you and your work. And I love doing, you know, these podcasts with all different types of people, because even though the work that I do is centered around business and nutrition, the topics of intuition and uh, pain, living out your authentic life, expressing yourself, creativity, uh, all overlap in so many different industries. And I know that you are so well-versed on this topic with what you do. So I would love if we could start out. It's kind of a big question that I ask at the beginning. Um, And I tell every guest this, that, you know, just take it whichever direction you want to go. But what do you do now? And how did you get to to doing what you do now? Ah, great question. So, pardon me. Um, What I do now is I actually use art to help people reconnect their intuition and to heal um, stuff that comes up for them. And so what comes up for people is different. Um, A lot of what I'm hearing right now is this overwhelm, burnout, exhaustion, um, and it's mental, it's spiritual, it's physical, it's digital, it's our families, it's everything Mm -hmm. is just so full and cluttered and clustered and just like, ugh. Yes. And it's that place where, so that, I mean, it's interesting because the direction I take my work depends upon what comes to me from the client. Um, and I often notice that like, we all have these similar goals. We want to eat good food, move our bodies in healthy ways and spend more time with our families. We do not want to spend a bunch of time feeling yucky and overwhelmed. The way I got to this work, I use a process called intuitive painting. Mm -hmm. And so intuitive painting is all about the process and not about the product at all. So we're not going, oh, I'm going to paint a landscape and then start to put a landscape together. Instead, what we do is we drop into meditation. We do a little bit of journaling and we come back to ourselves. We come inside and just listen to what that inner divine voice 
is saying to us, what she's crying out for. And so we paint that. And it could be color, it could be body movement, it could be a subject matter. Um, and my, it's, when I look at my intuitive painting pieces, it does, it looks like they were painted by a million different people. There's no like, wow, yes, yes, yeah, yeah or anything like that because it's my intuition and not my ego or my like, oh, this is my style. This is my palette, you know, which is stuff that artists will tell themselves. Mm -hmm. It's not about art or being an artist. It's about using that as a tool for expression, like you would journaling or cooking or athleticism or any of the different things people will use to connect back to their body. Um, second part of the question is, how did I get here? It's an interesting um, or kind of dramatic, interest, interesting is not the right word, it's kind of a dramatic story. And so it goes like this. Uh, when I was a, a kid, I was just 19 years old, um, I accidentally got pregnant. And I gave birth to this little girl. Um, and I gave birth to her, I was still 19. And then shortly after I turned 20, uh, she passed away. Oh my God. She died from I something called or crib yes, death. Yes, yes, yes terrifying right so she was just two months old her name was jackie ray um dark brown hair big blue eyes gorgeous little chin i mean just the cutest little baby and you know she had i knew she had come to like help me heal something mm -hmm. yes um and when she passed away i was so young and i didn't have any coping skills i didn't i had not been taught any ways to soothe my nervous system or how to just like you know move through this deep, deep, aching grief. And so I did what, you know, most 20 year olds do. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll to the rescue. Yes. Um, yes. I've been there. Yeah. Not the mm -hmm. most brilliant, you know, yes, yes. For healing if we're being a hundred percent honest, but like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so I numbed out in any way I could possibly find. And all of a sudden it's, it's like three years of grief and I'm in, I'm probably, I, I'm 23. I've just turned 23 years old and my arms still ached to hold this little girl. Right. And there was just this gaping hole in my heart and I just wasn't getting better. And then all of a sudden one day I heard this like voice in my head that was like, get out the art supplies. And now I was already an artist. I was crafty. I made art. It wasn't my job, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, naturally in me. Um, I'm a creator. And so I was like, okay. And so like the intuition came to like get out a big folding table and bring it out to the backyard. And I was like, okay. And I'm literally just like following these steps, like some crazy sky voices yes. <laughs> in my head. Right. And I'm following along like eh, nothing to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, table to the back lawn, big bucket, big bucket of water. You need a big bucket of water. I'm like, okay. Um, and then I was, it was the next thing was like, find the biggest paper you can find. And I had luckily this giant, um, watercolor paper pad. And, um, I had these cheap, uh, praying, uh, watercolor waters from like the drugstore, right? Yes. And yeah. They don't even come with like a good brush. The brush has like, no, I know it's like, it's like horse hair on it. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, like, what is this? Right. So. I was like, I'm looking around for something else. And I couldn't, all I could find was like a trim painting brush like you would use to paint the outside of the house or the trim on your door, um, door jams or whatever. It's like this three inch wide brush. And I stood out there and I can still remember the feeling of like standing there, this table with this paper, with this paint, with this water and being like, what am I doing? 
And I just started, I got the brush into the water and I just slapped it onto the paper and I dumped the brush into the paint and put it into the pool of water and just started to watch the colors like kind of spill out and just, I was mesmerized. And then I was like, let me get another color. Put that down and watch the two kind of start to like play together. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was, all of a sudden I was like, conjunct back into my body. Mm -hmm. A place I probably had not been for maybe 10 years, like since I was little. And all of a sudden I was like, what, I have to keep doing this. So I was filling up these giant pages and I would like rip off one page and throw it into the yard. And like, I can just, I literally, like, I remember feeling like the September sunshine on my shoulders and my toes dug into the lawn underneath my feet and just being like almost mad with this process. I had to keep going. And it was like, I was able to pour all my grief into this paper and the paper was handing me back this healing that I had been Mm. craving for all these years. Mm. And, you know, the mental things are happening. Like, you don't get to do this. Who the hell do you think you are? You're not an artist. Yes. And the other part of me was like, I can't stop. Right. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And I realized that I was actually healing myself in that moment. And so I didn't have a name for this process. I just knew that this was something I needed to do, that it brought me into the present moment. Makes me think of the Eckhart Tolle book um, about being in the now, right? Like when Mm -hmm. we come back to this moment, we always have peace right here. If we won't, you know, jump into the past to grab our stories or future cast into what coulda, shoulda, woulda, or like all that, like, whoa, you know? Yes, yes. Like right here, there's so much joy and pleasure and just peacefulness and grounding. So mm. that's how I came to this process. <laughs> now I'm like, how can I help other people like find that process for themselves? Oh my God. It, it's just so powerful. And, you know, I feel like so many of us that do work that is connected to us, it always stems from some sort of like struggle, this like big rock bottom moment that we had that like totally messed up our life in the, in that moment. And like, changed the trajectory of it. Um, Mine was like just having a lot of eating disorders and putting myself through like big time. I mean, talk about numbing, just like disassociation, numbing out for for decades, uh, probably a decade and a half. Um, But it's just such a beautiful shift to the story that we can then take like the stuff, these like terrible things that we've been through and then turn it into this other thing that can then help other people heal as we healed too. Um, and it's really about trust as well. Cause when you were telling that story, what was coming to me was like, you might've heard the voice that's like, what are you doing? But you trusted in that moment. Um, what was it in that moment, maybe compared to like other moments that you had had that you actually got up and, and did it? Like what made that moment like seminal to you and, and significant in, in the beginning of that journey? I think that it's, you know, further trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. We rarely ever shift or change without some kind of like big rupture, some upheaval. Right? Yes. Yeah. And um, so in the midst of this sex, drugs and rock and roll lifestyle, I had met a man and married him. Um, there was, I had discovered that he was growing a forest of pot in our spare room. Mm-hmm. And, okay. 
I was like, and I was so skinny um, from just like not taking care of myself. Like I'm tiny. I'm a very tiny boned little teeny. You've met me in person. Yes. Yes. Little woman. Uh huh. And um, I was probably 88 pounds. I weigh 120 now. So like, as you know me and see me, I'm 120 pounds. So 30 Uh, pounds less. Yeah. I was so, I looked like older than I look now because my skin was so gaunt. Like I was like hanging. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew I was dying. I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I just was desperate. Right. So I was just desperate for like, what am I going to freaking do? And I had exhausted all resources at this point. Like my parents are freaking sick of me. My friends are freaking sick of me. My one brother will always stand by my side, no matter what, but I'm pretty sure he was sick of me, you know? And so I was like, girl, you need to get your big girl pants on and do something. And then this is like, this is what you have to do. Yes. Yeah. What you have to do. And it's so interesting too, because I think that sometimes when we are in those moments, we're always looking for like other people other external things to help us. And those can help to a certain extent, like friends, even a therapist, support. But it's just a testament to the fact that everything that we need is is inside of us. Uh, and we have that intuition. And, and like we were talking about, you know, I met you in person and I can just tell that you are a woman on a mission mm-hmm. and you are so connected to this incredible like I have so much awe for your business and the, you know, the processes that you take people through in your various ways, which we'll talk about at the end. Um, but I just feel like the more we connect to that intuition, which is not easy for a lot of us, like it might be for some people the first time ever in their life that they're connecting to it. Um, as soon as we connect to that intuition, it's like, okay, wow, I have all of my answers and I can do certain things that bring me back to that. So what are some things that people can do if they're out there, if they're in that place? I know that you talk about like um, the brittle bitch and like the person who is maybe burnt out, maybe they've gone through trauma, maybe they're, they're just feeling like lost and they don't know how to connect to themselves. What are like some practical steps that you take the women that you work with through to come back and connect when it feels like, first of all, the last thing that they want to do uh, because external stuff is so much easier. And also, um, you know, just how to do it in general when it seems so unfamiliar. Yeah. You know, Ashley, here's the thing. I talk to a lot of women and men as well. Actually, I probably work, work with about equal numbers. Mm. And um, all of them will say, I don't know how to hear my intuitive voice. And you know, it's, it's really important that we get clear with this. And here's why there's so much mental chatter up here, right? And there's so much coming at us all the time, whether you're driving down the highway and it's billboards and the radio, or you're on your phone and you're scrolling through and there's just so much happening. That's that digital kind of clutter that I'm talking about. Yes. And it's just like, how do you push that away? Right? Like, how do you get rid of that? Because that's mm-hmm. the step one. So to me, the the reason why you want to do this is that so you know your own soul. We're exhausted because we don't know how to just come back inside. Mm. So 
my big why is about bringing people home to themselves in order that they can hear themselves because when we do trust that intuition when we can hear it and we know which voice it is from the other ones and we can trust it and we will utilize that it becomes easier and easier and easier to connect back to the intuition and it makes it easier to decision make because you're like oh yes this is what i need not what i've been influenced by but what i actually actually need so to me it's about getting quiet um, the, there are a million ways to attempt to get quiet and there are a million reasons why you can't get quiet. Um, but that is really what it is, is how can you slow down? Um, and it's really kind of the crux of what I do with people is I just show them how to slow down. Um, you have to get slow enough to make space to sit down. You have to get slow enough to make space to shut off everything else. Um, you have to make space to actually get quiet, right? So that's kind of the first thing is really the way that you're going to hear yourself is you're going to have to get the mental chatter, the digital clutter, all of the stuff around the house like sometimes for me i like to go to the forest right but you can't always go to the forest so how can you bring the forest back to where you are so it's different for each person um and honestly a lot of what i do with people is just you know i help them find what their healing methods are um for me personally i reach for journaling and meditation and intuitive painting Mm -hmm. um those are my processes where i can just get quiet um I have a saying like when I paint everything else just falls away. I just, it's that moment of that chunk that I talked about before. Yes. Yes. That really grounded into yourself. Um, The how it's different for every person. And that's kind of my magic is like, I like to get in there with people in group um, or one-on-one and just really help define what are your healing modalities that you already have on board? And then how do we create ritual around that to make it really, really, really important? Um, We know we have to like brush our teeth and floss and eat and do those things, but you still got to make the space to do them. Right. So yes, it's that kind of wellness. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, cause I read a lot of stuff about this and I, I guess like follow a lot of people on the internet and stuff. And I feel like the process that is talked about out there seems very like airy fairy, like just like, Oh, like, you know, whenever you feel like it, just, you know, tap in. And for me, uh, as I've gone through my own journey, this requires a lot of discipline, Mm -hmm. like sitting down, creating routine, doing it, even if I don't feel like it, so talk about why like that is important and that we need to create routines to do these things repetitively. Cause sometimes people will, let's say like do it for a week, like meditate for a week and then it gets too uncomfortable and then they quit or even like the journaling practice. Those are the two things that I recommend to my clients as well, or creating spaces and writing it down and, um, you know, having something else that they can maybe read too um, beforehand, but then tapping in. So why is it important to have like structure and discipline around this thing in order to get the most out of it? I'm about to mess with you, girl. <laughs> I don't like the word structure or discipline. Oh, no. 
Um, they're required. Those things. They're required. No, absolutely. Listen, here's some of the words that I use. Mm -hmm. One is self-dedication. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Such a different energy. Okay. Yes. Self-dedication. I matter. I get to come first. It is my birthright to be full of myself, right? Not full of myself, but yeah, yes, full yes, of yes. myself, filled up with what brings me joy, pleasure, passion, right? How do I reclaim that which is my birthright, okay? So self-dedication. And then the other one, instead of structure, I like to use the word ritual. Mm. Um, instead of routine, rather, I like to use the word ritual. And it's because like, I'll tell you a story instead of telling you an intellectual concept. When I was a little girl, I was not baptized. And I moved into this community when my mom got remarried and everyone there went to church. They either went to Mormon church, the Catholic church, or this Christian church up on the hill. And the bulk of my friends were Catholic. And so I was, and I was 11, mind you, 1981, dating myself, but you know, <laughs> I'm 11 years old and I'm like, I wanted to go to church with my girlfriend and her family. So I went, I walked in and I was like, oh, they had incense. They had candles, they had beautiful lighting, they had these robes and these magnificent voices. And like, every time that I went, there was this way that things happened. I'm being dive bombed by hummingbirds right now, by the way. Oh my gosh, I can hear them. I can hear Julie's in the Oakland Hills uh, and she's outside on her beautiful deck and she can see- The hills are alive with the bridge. sound of hummingbirds. Yeah. <laughs> It's gorgeous. Anyways, um, every time I went, we did the same exact thing. We walked in, we sat down, we heard some words, we maybe sang a little song, you would stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up, sit down, kneel. I used to call it the Catholic um, aerobics. <laughs> um, but that created this feeling of familiarity. Ah, I know what's going to happen now. We're going to say the Our Father, and that's going to go like this. And then we're going to turn around and we're going to create our neighbors, and that's going to go like this, right? So the reason that we create ritual is because it tells the nervous system that something important is about to happen. And when we give ourselves the self-dedication to create a ritual that fills us up, we're like, the nervous system is like, oh, I'm about to get this like spiritual bath, right? Mm -hmm. When I use what turns you on instead of what turns me on, you are literally being reclaimed. You're literally taking yourself to the water and washing yourself again, right? Like this is literally a spiritual cleansing. It's a way of like coming back to yourself every single day if you can. Mm -hmm. or as often as you can, right? I ritualize it. I have a daily ritual. I have a morning, afternoon, and evening ritual, right? Mm -hmm. And so that holds me all day. And some days it gets elaborate. I'm like, oh, it's the yes. full moon on Friday, <laughs> and I'm going to do something fancy, right? Mm -hmm. And other times it's just the simplicity. It's the sit down, make the coffee, get the dog by your side, write the gratitudes, share them with your sister circle, move on with your day. Okay. Mm. So the reason for this self-dedication, the reason for this ritual is because it is actually what will carry you through the day. And when you're having a fantastic day, it just is like a little extra, like, 
little cocoa spice on top of your latte. Mm -hmm. On the other days, it's like, oh yeah, I'm having a terrible day. I feel like I've been taken out, but because I have my ritual to hold me, because I'm self-dedicated, I know that I will heal myself through these activities and actions. So that's my answer. I love that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, and the way you just, like, I feel like you just changed my life right now thinking because <laughs> I have to, I have so many things that I need to do in order to feel centered. You know what I mean? Like I have all, my routines, they're now rituals. And the way, like I wake up and I'm like, I have to move my body. I have to, you know, read, I have to do all these things, but thinking of it as self-dedication, like I feel, I really had like a big aha moment right then because it takes it from like this drill sergeant point of view to like this really loving thing. And I do tell my clients sometimes that discipline or having this sort of, um, these things that you come back to is a form of self-love, even if sometimes we don't want to do it because it can be hard, like distracting and numbing is, is much easier uh, than, than tapping in. Um, and it's not like we have to be perfect with it. Of course, some days are going to be better than others. Um, but why is it so hard for us? And like, I'm even using what happened, what just happened to me now and having this sort of, um, you know, reflecting on all of this is like, why is it hard for us to feel and tap into pleasure and, you know, to have things be easy? versus have things be like, yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to have to go hard, which is typically how I operate. Um, but with a self-love behind it, um, why is it hard for us to feel like things can be easier and we deserve that pleasure that is there for us um, when, we, when we want it? So I'm going to go back to like how I was raised and mm -hmm. I'm raised in a blue collar family with three brothers, the only girl in the household. And you better believe hard work came first. Mm. You need to do your chores before you can have any fun. And if your chores aren't done perfectly, you will be punished and you'll be taken away from any potentiality of fun whatsoever. Right. So that's my own particular like drill sergeant daddy. Right. Yes. yes. And yeah, similar uh, thing here. With my parents, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. You know? And so, um, which has its benefits too, don't get me wrong. I'm not totally. saying that that's not okay. But what I am saying is that there's that side where we've been taught work hard and you'll you know reap your rewards and all of that kind of stuff. That is what we have been taught. That is the patriarchy at work. And it has worked for a long time in a lot of ways, but it doesn't work for everybody all the time. Um, there's that aspect. And then when we come over here to the word pleasure, I mean, I can't even use the word sensuality without people going automatically to sex. Yeah. I can go to pleasure. Like what is self-pleasuring? Masturbation. Can we, can we broaden the definition? Yes. <laughs> because yes. Yes. when I say pleasure, you think sex. Yes. When I yes. say self-pleasure, you think masturbation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We, that's what we think of, right? So it becomes really a little like cheeks get a little red. We have a little giggle, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's taboo. Yes. We're not really supposed to talk about that. I mean, maybe like on the side over here to your girlfriend after you had a glass of wine. Yes. But yes. We're never about that pleasure because we've been told it's not for us. But in the female body, this body is built for pleasure and it's literally our birthright to feel 
that pleasure. And that pleasure gets to come from whatever soothes your soul, whatever brings you to a place of turn on. And again, I don't necessarily mean about sex. It might be about sex and that's fantastic. But can't you be turned on about the work that you do, the way that you serve your people, the way that you heal the folks around you? You know, so I think there's, there's a, that's the two answers that I have is one about, is about like, how do we broaden the definition of pleasure? And then how do we let go of the idea of uh, work hard before you can have anything nice? Yes. Um, yes. Something nice right away. Like have a meditation. Meditation is free. It can yeah. take five to however many minutes you want. And you can inside of that feel this just like peacefulness that is such a state of pleasure. Mm, I love that. And I feel like inserting that pleasure in whatever it is makes anything just more sustainable. Um, in, in regards to food, like I'm a nutritional therapist. People think that I prescribe these, like, as soon as somebody hears like a health professional or something, they think you're prescribing like strict, you know, that you're only eating like boiled chicken and steamed broccoli, just really boring food. But, and I have been there too, but I really think that with, even with food, the key to sustainability is having pleasure every day with what you eat. Um, and inserting that. And when I tell my clients that they're like, what really? Like I can have like a bite of cake or some chocolate. And those are the things that will keep you happy and, and compliant and feeling great in, in the process. But it's this sort of like tug of war that we have. Like, I shouldn't want this. I shouldn't want to feel good. I shouldn't want to like cake or, or cheese, or I shouldn't want to, you know, have like lush pillows in my home um, or, or whatever it is that you feel pleasure in that we feel like you said, like bad or it's taboo. And the more we stuff it down, like I heard this quote yesterday on a podcast that was like, the more we restrict, the more we fetishize whatever we're restricting. Totally. So, so that sort of goes along, along with that too. And that comes down to another thing that I think is big, um, especially in your work. And that's just like expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. and creative expression. And that is what you do with your work. So why is it important for us to, and like this can go into like boundaries too, of like expressing your needs, but why is it important for us to express what's on the inside into, into the outside in the way that, that feels good to us? Um, the short answer is we're creators. We are all put here to make something right Mm -hmm. and what we create might be uh, our children um our offspring like so i studied feng shui for a number of years and the part of the bagua that's about um they call it offspring right and some people are like well i'm not planning to have children or i don't have children or whatever right your offspring is whatever you create whether you're Mm -hmm. a poet a writer a painter a chef, a soccer player, a mom at home, a kid, right? We're all weaving together our lives in some capacity. And it's in that weaving that we kind of find our purpose. And I think like one of the main things in life that we all require is self-expression. And so, and it doesn't have to be a a performance, right? It doesn't have to be for other people. Like if I just write in my journal and I never ever show it to anybody, that's my expression. Mm. And if I, you know, 
I personally, like I'm a big food person. I eat super healthy, but I want my food to be like amazing. And so like, I'm not interested in eating food. That's not freaking amazing. So I will like try to find ways Mm -hmm. to like, you know, cook because I have a very strict dietary stuff because of my health. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. how do I find that place of expressing what I need? Because I also love to throw parties, right? Well, Mm -hmm. I want to take care of when they come. So I want to make like fantastic food or throw a really beautiful party. And so that's part of my expression. Any of these things that we make, that we create, the service that we give to the world, that's all part of our personal expression. And, and I think it's just like, I don't know if it's on that pyramid. Um, oh, the Maslow's? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, the hierarchy but, of needs. Yeah, hierarchy of needs. So self-expression to me is absolutely one of those things that we require in order to be fully present in this life. Um, so yeah, that's my reason. I think that it's just critical. And I think that those, I think it's sometimes just a mindset shift too. Like, I think that some people think they're not creative, but if you can get into a conversation with them about what they love, what they do, how they do provide service to their community, their family, whatever it is, and just change the mindset around like, that is your expression. That is your divine purpose for being here. Yes. I love that. And I feel, I almost feel like emotionally constipated when I don't write, when I don't, when I'm not like journaling, when I'm not just tapping into that part of myself. I feel like I'm moody. I just don't feel complete when I'm not expressing, even if you, like you said, it's just like tucked away in my journal or whatever it is. Like there's something like you said, that's necessary to humans uh, to express ourselves and to, you know, have the courage to tap into, into that, um, you know, creativity, which is so important. Well, and to be willing to give ourselves permission to do it, yes, right? Yes, I think that's yes. part of it too is like, there was a time when I was building my, I have two businesses and when I was building my first business, well, that wasn't my first business, but my other business, mm-hmm. I would sometimes like do this thing in my head where I'd be like, oh, no one's home. I can finally fill in the blank. Yes. It's never been a reason for me to have to wait for no one to be home. But for some reason, I, that was my permission slip, right? So a lot of times I will tell people, let me be your human permission slip. I hereby grant you all permission to do whatever it is that you need to do to make space for your own self-creation, your own self-expression. So I love that. And as we, I know you work a lot through painting, um, and I would imagine that you come in contact with what I'm about to ask you. And that is, and this is something that I have because I love to paint and I love art and to draw and even to do ceramics, but I get caught up in, you know, the product isn't going to be like, like if I don't have time to do, to make something amazing, like why do it? Or because I try to control what I'm going to do versus just surrendering and trusting that whatever comes out is what needs to come out. So is that something that you encounter with the women that come in and how can we sort of shift over from uh, control to surrender and trust that whatever comes out is just what we need? Um, it's hard. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that it's really, really hard. Um, 
with my other business, um, which is a paint and soup studio. I've had that for seven years. And in that, we are painting for product, yes. sort of, right? Um, and I'll guide them through the process from beginning to end. This brush, that brush stroke, this color, put it on like this and move them all the way through. But before we even take the first stroke, the, the very first thing that I tell them is, if you hate this painting, there's a dustbin on the way out. You can <laughs> there. Nobody needs to know that you were even here. It could just be between me and you and that paintbrush, right? So giving <laughs> people permission to like mess up. Oh, and God, yeah. the other thing is, is like sometimes you can go back to the Bob Ross, right? Like a oh, happy accidents, right? A happy accident is an interesting way to look at things, but there's also the idea of like, once I've decided that I ruined it, keep going, keep going, keep yeah. experimenting, keep seeing what can happen. Keep like, don't try to fix your mistake. Just see what happens if you roll with it. And maybe that guides you into like creating something that you actually really love. Right. So exploring with curiosity and staying open to potentiality, um, Within the intuitive painting studio, I always tell people, if you will trust your intuition, if you will just listen to her when she says, she'll use the yellow paint. I'm like, oh God, the yellow? I'm all things. But if you'll listen, she'll take you on a journey that you'll thoroughly enjoy and learn from. And you don't know where she's got you going. You don't know where your intuition has you going, right? And I'll never forget, I have this one painting that I friggin' love. It's huge. It's like four feet tall and six feet, feet wide. My intuition was like, you're gonna draw giant like hashtag type marks with neon green. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I like had an arm wrestling match with my intuition. And I kept going and kept going. And then it was like, now you're gonna draw a giant purple diamond in the middle of it. I'm like, purple? I'm a pinky blue kind of girl. Can we like go back to that palette? And she's like, no, this is what we're doing. Purple and green. I'm like, it looks like Halloween. Now neon orange. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up making this really cool painting. I wish I had it here to show you, but I don't. But my point in all of that is trust the process. Just mm. allow yourself to be carried away and just be playful. Be in a child's mind. Be in a beginner's mind. Be okay with making a mess and keep going. And you know, like when I paint with little kids, little kids are like, "Miss Julie, can I mix the colors?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh, yes. <laughs> right? Grownups are like, "Uh oh, my purple and my green just touched." You know, yes. oh, <laughs> terrible muddy color in the middle. I'm like, "Whoa, what if the mud is where the good stuff is?" Right? Yes. 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 So that's that. my answer. I'm a little animated and silly about it. And I try to get people to just like loosen up. I'm like, go blow some bubbles or beat a drum or do something. Yeah. And just try to connect. Yes. Well, it's really in that playfulness that we can really come back into connecting um, and sort of just letting ourselves like let that barrier fall away, letting that, you know, because me, I was raised in this like very like controlled, like perfection environment. So it is very hard for me still. Like my instinct is just to like, you know, guard up and yeah. it takes more effort for me to just let go and surrender and trust, even though that's where I feel most myself. It doesn't feel awesome to like, you know, be like a soldier, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like guarded and stuff. Um, but going, having the self-dedication to go on these, you know, journeys that we can take into our creativity, our passion and pleasure 
just makes way for for so much room i think like even from like the universe to come in and tap into um you know the things that that we do um it's amazing because what happens in this process so the intuitive painting the idea behind it honestly is to like get you out of your head and into your body right that's the yes yes dropping yes. in and when i'm when i can embody my practices and let my intuition guide me all of a sudden these solutions to problems that i have been arm wrestling with they just like come up and they're like oh yes oh, it was living in my body not in my head yeah. and i needed to connect mm -hmm. are connected yes yes <laughs> yes you know like all of a sudden this insight is able to just like come through I mean, I've used this process to help people overcome grief like I use it but I've used it with executives who are like trying to reiterate concepts for business and it's just the same exact process but what comes up and out for people is different based on what they're really wrestling with and yeah. so it's, it's beauty in the letting go yes and you know I heard this quote one time I can't remember where I heard it but that you know, I feel like a lot of people and even me in the past, when we search for our intuition, there's a lot of like forcing, like, where is it? Like, why can't I find it? It's like this like combative energy of like, God, like, why can't you just show up? Why can't I just have the answer? But then I heard this quote that said that intuition is like a scared animal. You have to let it come to you, you know? So if you run after it, it's just going to run further away. Um, but usually in those moments when we want an answer, like sitting still and getting quiet is the last thing that we want to do, even though that's when, you know, we'll have the energy to just calm down and then it'll come to us slowly. Um, not exactly always when we want it, but eventually it will come, which I think is so interesting. 100%. And it's like, I have two things I say. One is this. So I love fairies. So I'm like, intuition is a little bit like a fairy. I mean, if you like look right over there, it's gone. Right? But if you yes. just go to the corner of your eye, if you stay real quiet, she might sneak up and sit down on your shoulder, right? And whisper something yes. here. Um, the other one is from my feng shui, one of my feng shui masters. And he was like, controlling anything is like wrestling tofu. The harder you squeeze, the further it flings. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And, and now that you say that, you kind of remind me of a fairy. Because <laughs> there's something like sparkly about you. Um, and sassy. I'm a little sassy. Yes, a little yes, sparky. yes, yes. I love it though. Um, the last question that I want to ask you because we've already been, it's almost been an hour and I can't believe it. Um, it's flown by because I'm having so much fun. But, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the voice that we all have that voice that like sabotages us, that tells us mean things, that we're not good enough. And then we have the other voice, like the real us, the intuition which to me just feels like so much more grounded. It's quieter. Um, it just feels better in my body. How can we throughout the day, maybe for people who have not, um, you know, done this work that much of just tapping into their bodies, how can they get more um, versed and, you know, just practice separating which voice is which? I mean, this is where it, it is practice. It, yeah. um, it's really hard at first. Um, and I, again, I want to acknowledge like that it's there and um, it, she might be a little bit hard to hear at first, 
but um, I'll tell you some things that she's not. She's never critical. She's never mean. She would never tell you to do something that was risky or stupid or mean or any of those things. Um, she doesn't ever tell you, get it together. Um, she doesn't ever use that tone of voice, right? And sometimes the voice is more of a feeling. And sometimes the feeling is in your gut, in your tummy, in your chest. I had one lady tell me that her intuition was in her right arm, whatever it is, right? So it's a matter of getting quiet often enough that you just start to recognize anything she says to you. And what I find is that like with my clients, when they just do one little thing, to show trust in that voice, it gets easier and easier to hear. It's like building up muscle. Mm. Um, and the muscle is really like strengthened by showing trust, by doing um, what she's asking you to do and, and really paying attention to that. So, you know, she's going to be that quiet, sweet voice that just wants to nurture you and wants the best for you. And, you know, she's not going to be the critical mom. She's going to be the sweet, nurturing mama. Yes. I love that. So clear and, and practical. I love that, that advice. Um, I'm going to go into the quick fire questions. It's just three questions that I ask each guest. Um, the first one is, you know, here on the podcast, we love reading. So are there any books that have made like a big impact on, on your journey and on your life? Well, there's one that I love and I know that you've read this book too, and it's called Pussy and it's by Regina. Oh, yes. Yes. And this is where she teaches us to really listen to our divine feminine. And she lets us know where she thinks that that lives. And so, um, but this is a book that I actually have it on audio and I've listened to it all the way through like three times, but I'll tell you what, if I'm having a day where I'm having self doubt, or if I'm having an opportunity where I need to like feel a little bit stronger in myself, I just literally will put it onto my bows in my, like in my bathroom while I'm getting ready in the morning just to hear the reminder yeah. to connect back with yourself and to trust yourself and to know that you're there for yourself. And um, her work is beautiful and amazing. Uh, Mama Gina is what she's known as and kind of easy to look up there. So that's a phenomenal book. I know people get embarrassed about saying the word about yes. like carrying the book around in their bag. Yeah, things. yeah. Like, but gosh, it's important work. Well, especially for like the divine feminine, I hear a lot of successful business women say that they have been, that they're successful because they have followed those turn-ons, like those little signals that they feel turned on by, um, that they feel just that feeling. And it goes back to what we were saying that like, we're scared of listening to that. So I feel like that's such a great book to just like reclaim that power and get more, um, you know, just connected to that and not be scared to, to listen to, to that part of yourself, which is really important. Absolutely. Um, the next question is just for me, uh, because I love asking all of the guests this questions, but, um, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Ooh, tacos. Mm, popular would, answer. My mom's tacos are bomb, but I think I would want like, some shredded pork and some like slaw in there and a little like um that you know like that avocado drizzly goodness yeah something yes, like yeah like a crema or something like that oh my gosh yeah delicious um i'm, I'm hungry now <laughs> i know <laughs> i know um 
the last question is something that, you know, here spirituality is something that's very important to me, just like feeling connected to something bigger than myself. Um, and I'm always curious about what other people's views on that are. And I know that you're somebody who embodies connection. So like, what do you think is happening here in the world um, in terms of like us being connected to each other, being connected to something greater, higher power, the universe? Um, what are your general thoughts on that? You know, I had this um, meditation teacher back in my like mid twenties and I did this really deep meditation that has, I've never forgotten this. I remember when I came back into the space after the meditation that I was sure that we were all light and that there's like one big light, like we're all little tiny sparks. We're just, and we are made of stardust. We are in fact made of the same stuff as the stars, right? So I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I just feel like, and actually that's my affirmation today was like, I am, you know, the light of the universe. Uh -huh. um, and that's what I really feel like is true. I really feel like we're all connected. Um, a little like aspen trees or willows, how they're all like underground. You can't tell that they're connected. They're sneaky connected. Mm -hmm. But all of their roots are connected. So if one starts to burn, they all know that something bad is happening, right? So what happens to one happens to all of them, whether it really happens or not there's an electrical uh, impulse. And I think that's why we grieve so deeply when we see something bad happen to somebody else. We get this like, oh, yeah. it's like yes, it's because we are all connected because we're all part of that big light. Mm. So I don't know if that answers. I love that. Yeah. I also think that we travel in soul packs lifetime through lifetime and that we have these agreements with each other that we're like, okay, if we don't finish this business now, we are going to find a way to reconnect in the future, lifetime after lifetime, whatever. I don't even know what that looks like, but that we have these agreements and we work stuff out over time together, um, re-embodying. I don't know if there's like a hierarchy or any of that yeah. kind of stuff. But it's my sense that we have these like little soul packs. Yeah. And also what's interesting too, sort of similar to that is like the people who are closest to us, like our our children even though i don't have kids yet but even thinking of my parents like i feel like my parents were assigned to me to like learn lessons and i was assigned to them um which has been an interesting journey for us because they are very like you know regimented controlled and i'm like a highly sensitive person like a little free spirited so that's been you know a, an interesting journey of us sort of like teaching each other um how how we, you know, opening each other up in different ways. Um, so I think even in our relationships, that can be true too. And speaking of, of the light, I feel like people who are connected, I always see something in them that's like special, mm. you know, that they're almost like just shine, like there's something about their energy and aura that shines a little brighter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I felt with you that I, when I met you, I was like, oh, there's something about her that's like sparkly and that I can like feel like a golden light about her. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show today. My it's been so fun and it passed by way too fast. Um, let us know where we can find you online and how people can work with you. Um, and also if people are local to Oakland, how they can work with you as well. Of course. Yeah. So I can be found online at juliewinterborn.com, which of course all the special spelling, but, um, it'll be in the show notes. 
yeah, in the show notes, we can have yes. juliewinborn.com. And then um, I have a couple of online offers right now. One is called Reclaiming Pleasure, and it's an opportunity we work together to really help uncover your healing and we get to help you kind of move past this like difficult, overwhelmed, brittle bitch syndrome that I talk about where we're so like uncomfortable. I help people get um, kind of create ritual in their life so they can kind of come back to their beautiful, soft, peaceful, nurturing selves. Um, it's a six week process and we just really learn a lot about each other in the process. Um, there's tiers to that. So we can either work like in group, we can work in group with some email support, and then we can also work one-on-one -on -one in VIP, um, mm -hmm. process. So those are kind of my offers. Um, and then local to Oakland, I actually have two studios out here in the East Bay. One's in Walnut Creek, California, and the other one is here in Oakland at my beautiful home. Um, I do retreats here and all kinds of things like that. I have a fireside chat with female entrepreneurs once a month where we're really talking about how we can reclaim um, our power in this business dynamic right now. So many people are building new businesses and most of them are female. So we okay. get to redefine what that looks like. We get to look like look at what really works in the patriarchy and what has worked historically, how we carry that forward in a way that really works for us, not just for women, but for people in general. So those are yes. some of the ways that we can work together. Awesome. So definitely reach out to Julie if you are interested in that. Um, highly recommend everything that she does. Um, and again, thank you for being here with me today. I've loved just getting to know you a little bit better and, and spending some extra time with you. It's my sincere pleasure. Thanks so much. And um, I hope you guys have a lot of fun listening to the podcast and that you have, you know, good stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.